Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Nash Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Mr. Fernandes, and... I am Chris Jarwardna. Hello. And we're here to review The Dentist, an episode from the third season of Laverne Show, directed by Alan Rafkin and written by Babalu Mandel. I'm sure you get some facts about them, don't you, Chris? A little bit. Uh, Rafkin, we have a few more episodes left to go in his run of the show, so we're going to save some of those tidbits for a little later. But Babalu Mandel, sadly, this is his last episode for the show. Uh, he would go on to work on a ton of films that we mentioned earlier, uh, as well as Penny Mar- including Penny Marshall's A League of Their Own, Ron Howard's Splash. Um, he wrote a whole bunch of flicks. I mean, we even watched uh, a, a film he co-wrote recently, uh, Vibes, which was... Um, it was yes. quite a lot of fun. You could definitely tell his training and his work with uh, these types of sitcoms definitely influenced his comedy stylings. And um, yeah, Bubba Mandel has written so much stuff. I mean, to the point that he even did that Tooth Fairy movie with Dwayne Johnson, uh, which of oh, course what? was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That movie is amazing. <laughs> it was co-written naturally with Lowell Gans to no one's surprise. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. I'm going to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that movie is amazing. Watch Aww. Vibes, everyone. Vibes is so good. It's so much fun. It's unjustly neglected. Go see it. It's great. Uh, yeah, I- I'm hoping by the time this episode comes out, it's still on Prime because today I just found it. It just hit Prime, but we're recording That's these episodes it. months ahead of time. So, uh, so fingers crossed. Cindy Lauper is so close to having an EGOT for a reason, y'all. Mm, mm-hmm. She really does almost have an EGOT. You didn't know that, did you? Mm-mm. Yeah, she has an Emmy for being in Mad About You. She got a Grammy for She's So Unusual, among other things. I think she's got like three Grammys. Uh, she has a Tony for Kinky Boots. Ah. Another thing she is missing is an Oscar. Well, here's hoping that she's still got a little more time to get one. Because that would be, that would be yes. rad. That, that, that yes. would be excellent. Yeah. She wrote the book for Kinky Boots, so that's what she got. Hmm. Yes. And here's what the episode is about. Laverne breaks off one of her front teeth after slipping and falling in Lenny and Squiggy's apartment because the boys had covered the floor with jello so they could go ice skating. Her dentist is out of town for two weeks, and instead of allowing her to walk around with a big jagged hole in her mouth, Shirley volunteers the services of her cousin Mikey. Mikey is almost a dentist, but he still hasn't passed his final test, having failed multiple times and made his last patient scream during an examination. And letting Mikey fix her mouth, Laverne will gain a fixed tooth and Shirley's family will finally gain a doctor, thus stopping Mikey from pursuing his secondary career choice, become a men's room attendant. Unfortunately, one painful examination makes Laverne reluctant to become Mikey's practice board. Will she ever agree to let her tooth be fixed? What do you think of this episode? I'm going to be a little biased. I have issues with dentistry. I, I won't go into all the details. This has to do with a bad dentist and what he did to my mother and that she no longer can do solid foods because of because of that damage. So dentistry in television and in stories always has a little bit of a yeah, sort of vibe for me. Um, that said, it's this is an adorable episode, though. The um, I was kind of nice to learn some news more about the, the Feeney family, especially apparently what the family is known for, the family business. <laughs> which yes, right. that, that was unexpected. Oh, I love Feeny family. I love Feeny family album. I love the ridiculousness. Oh, that poor Shirley. That gag about her being totally fly as a board at 15. And then Laverne mocking her. The poor oh, girl. Oh, God, yes. Whoop. A, whoop. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, man. Um, this is a very well-known episode for multiple reasons, mostly because of the reach of the sky, you wouldn't dare moments. That whole scene and that whole bit is 
Legendary within the comedy rankings, so the rankings of sitcoms, and also within the show's camp. Mm. Yeah, yeah understandably. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Do you have any thoughts about it, SF? Oh, uh, yeah, I, um, it, it's the main thing that got me when I watched it a second time is it's a, it's one of those like perfectly timed shot reverse shot kind of moments. And, you know, for a sitcom that typically does mostly a lot of its comedy and wides and rather than, you know, shot and then reveal that th- this was, this was good. It's, it's definitely a very, it's again, more crafted. Um, yeah. I, I love the, I mean, I love that there's also layers to the gag as it evolves, like, especially, and it's like, wait, this, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting your, your, I'm just making your hair wiggle around a little bit with the sprayer. And it's like, <laughs> all right, let's switch. And instead of swapping the things, they just change positions while holding onto the same yeah. tool. That's a great yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. And the punchline when Mikey comes in is, is one of my favorite parts. <laughs> This isn't the only time the girls will get high within the canon of the show, is all I'm going to say. It's uh, coming up later, but yeah, it's sort of a precursor. A more innocent precursor to things that are going to occur later on. Wait for it, guys. You wait for it. Uh, by the way, the opening to this episode is butchered on the DVD. Uh, there is an entire scene where Edna and Carmine sing personality together. Mm. And it's totally excised from the DVD edit. She grabs the microphone out of his hand and gets really, really, really in the moment because she just happened to be passing by busting tables. You can see the tray in her hand and she's applauding him. And it's cut. And when he has the, what more can I do part, he has to grab the microphone out of her hand, wrench it back so he can sing it. Oh, jeez. Sucks that it doesn't exist on this DVD. It really should. Mm. Yeah, the, I, I have to line. say. Oh, uh, okay. I was just gonna say the the um, uh, opening of the episode is definitely I find one of the strongest parts. I love Edna yeah. in charge of the pizza bowl while Frank is away. She's doing a great job. It's just always good yes. to have more Betty. More Betty is good thing. Yeah. And uh, the the whole you know discussion they have about Mikey, I found a lot more interesting than Mikey himself, but. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that in a second, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, it's a, I noticed Babalu Mandel's writing and, and just thinking about, you know, the films of his that I've seen, he has a tendency to be a little, his jokes are definitely very, um, snark, much snarkier. And some yeah. of the back, you know, it's the Laverne, we are talking scuzz bomb, you know, Boom. I mean, it's yes. like, wow. Yes. Um, that was totally mean. It's so mean. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> it's like, he's not a dentist. He's an almost dentist. poor pathetic mikey you feel bad for him but he's kind of a non-entity he's kind of bland but he tries he's trying so hard the actor does a very good job with his very sweaty frantic uh, horrified tension as he tries so hard to get his license and he's just striving with all his might he i was gonna say he's such a whiner he reminded me of the kid in teenage strangler Oh, oh no! He's still no bike neither. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think of making that my goal on this show is to to get you to to slowly cry out. Oh God! You know every time, <laughs> every time. Oh no, no, I can't picture it. Now I've got yipe stripes, yipe stripes, yeah, yipe stripes stuck in my head. There we go. I stuck it. There we go. 
Yikes, Strice. It's the latest fashion. Please don't copyright strike this audio. <laughs> anyway. I somehow don't know if they're still alive enough to care. I'm pretty sure they have to be because somebody licensed that movie out to MST3K for DVD release at some point and out to Shout Factory. Hmm. So somebody has to have the right to be in contact because whoever owns Quest of the Delta Knights, they cannot find, which is why it's not on DVD. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, back to the episode. Yes. You met a man named Cootie? Yeah, Cootie. 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 How, I mean, how was that even? And how was that better? <laughs> it's like, Babalu, you sly dog, you. It's <laughs> <laughs> filthy. It's delightfully filthy, A. B, Laverne would definitely date a guy named Coochie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> C, of course, he's like basically toothless and doesn't give a damn that she's got this big jacket hole in her mouth and is willing to make out with her, even though she has an exposed nerve going on. So, oh, Laverne. God. Laverne manages to find these guys everywhere. Everywhere. If you're thinking about it, think about Jake of the Purple Fiends, who mm, we're going to mm-hmm. get to know in depth later on in the canon of the show. Uh, you think about Norman's a really an outlier, mm-hmm. isn't he? <laughs> Norman's going to be Norman's an outlier. Um, Randy, the fireman she falls in love with later, is an outlier. Uh, Stuntman Sonny is an outlier. Uh, those are all decent enough guys. Mike the, Mike the fashion photographer, also a decent enough guy. Uh, and then you see her dating these scuzz buckets. This is total scuzz buckets. Gucci is one of those scuzz buckets. I mean, uh, you gotta figure. I mean, she did meet him at the candy store. She's having her yeah. indulgence. Let her have this. Yeah. She needs to have a diverse yeah. diet. She wants to have a, a diverse palate. She wants to have, you know, it's it's a, it's a balance. You yeah. know, it's like she she she'll take a coochie yeah. out on on a date as a treat. Yeah, yeah. Walking the coochie. That sounds like a dance of some sort. Uh, sounds like a very, very uh, after, night after night after dark uh, sort of dance. Yeah, but yes. yeah. <laughs> um, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so yeah, it's surely stripping yet. We'll get there. Oh God, this, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I had to yeah. look a little bit forward to look at the uh, directors, so I know that one's coming soon. Yeah, soon, soon. Season four is great. We're gonna uh, have fun with season four. <laughs> I love that, um, Laverne. Telling Shirley that she looks like Kukla. Right. Yes. Which. Like Kukla Fran and Ollie reference. I love when they reference Kukla Fran and Ollie because they have the name. And B, it's such a 60s ish, 50s ish reference. It's perfect. Mm hmm. I love when they come up in the show scanner. Yeah, you know, I, I'm actually having to, to Google it because I've never. I've heard of it. I mean, my mom even yeah. told me about this as a kid. I've never yeah. seen them before. Kukla Fran and Ollie. Yeah. Okay, so that's how yeah. it's spelled. Okay, I've been spelling it wrong on my yeah. nose this whole time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Google with a K. Yep. Knew that much. The, yeah, I was just gonna say the only place I've really have seriously seen them referenced was uh, Mr. Science Theater when they did the puppet. Uh, yeah. uh, what you know, name the puppet. Yeah, yeah. I have never seen them. I've never seen their work. I just know of references to them. I've seen maybe pictures. Mm, mm. But yeah, I'm much more familiar with um, Bozo the Clown and Howdy Doody. Mm. Howdy Doody makes a big appearance in uh, Happy Days. Mm. So that's also Marshall vs. Cannon. So yeah, the, I'm familiar with all of them. They were more kind of leaking into my era from the 70s and the 60s. 
But Coop the Franelli were long gone by the time I was a kid. Yeah. So, yeah. But um so, you know, and speaking of yes. things the things that are kind of, you know, about I guess speaking of dummies, uh the boys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're and their plan. Segway. Yeah. yeah, so I love that they're willing to go the extra mile to help Laverne out, apparently for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not even looking for money from her. Uh, they're going the extra mile in their own weird way they're trying to help in the most painful way possible. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, they would. Um, I love the door gag this episode. Two people with holes in their heads. Hello. <laughs> I love perfect. It. Perfect, 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 perfect. Uh, I love that it's Lenny's baby teeth of all things that are going to jam the Laverne's mouth. And, yeah, I had uh, a feeling you were going to mention that. <laughs> yeah. He loved those baby's teeth as if they was his own. <laughs> God, that's one of my favorite lines in this episode. Yes, yes, yes. And then they try to pull it out via use of the truck. Yep. Only they would do that. Only they would do it. And the girls decided to prank them by tying it to a bag. Yep. All got- Ador- kind of adorable. It is an yeah. adorable joke, especially because they loop it around so you can see it also uh, go up the stairs and then fly by the window. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see the bag just fluttering by. And the audience applauds the bag. That's how hot they were for the show this season. <laughs> Yay, the bag. Yay. Hmm. Good times. Good. Always, you know, it's, it's sometimes you just you just got to get a little bit of string. You're having a boring day. Get a little string. Tie it to your trash and just take it on down to the dump. Well, the reason why they might be offering up the service to Laverne for free is because they're at fault for her teeth being smashed in. You know, because you know, they put jello on the floor of the apartment. Right. So. And that makes me wonder if part of what that is is... Um, if Frank's out of town when he gets back, what yeah, is he gonna yeah. do to him? What is he gonna do to them when he finds out they they chipped his daughter's teeth? Yeah, he chipped his daughter's beautiful tooth, and now they're gonna pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that the mental image of the boys ice skating on Jello is so strong culturally that people used to come up to Michael and David, according to this interview I read from the '90s, where they're promoting their appearance on the Disney. Saturday morning animated show, Jungle Cubs. Uh, according to this interview, people used to come up to them and say, oh, you love that part where you guys skated on Jell-O. And they said, we were never actually shot that scene. It doesn't exist. Oh, my gosh. But the, but the dialogue was that strong that people just associated it with them and thought they saw it. And they hadn't seen it. That one was neat. Yeah, it's interesting it's how those things get remembered, even though it's it's unseen. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like how, you know, I mean, you and I are horror fans. We always hear, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of the bloodiest movies of the 70s. Like, no, no. Oh, it's subtle. Surprisingly subtle in its own grisly way. It's weirdly subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of that effect where people think they actually hear pieces of dialogue in films that do not exist. Like, Play It Again, Sam does not exist in Casablanca. Right. But people absolutely are convinced that it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, that was, was it, uh, come with me yeah. to the Casbah. That's the other one. Yeah. We're, we're basically, yeah. we're basically yeah. just going to reference a bit from Mystery Science Theater 3000 because they talk about this on an episode. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, I was going to mention, but we're on the subject of the boys. I love that Laverne has gone to borrow money from them of all things. Oh man. She's borrowing quarters from them from the laundry. She's borrowing money from the boys. That's kind of like a miracle of some sort. 
Because they never have money. They have less money than the girls most of the time. I was surprised that that was a plot point. I'm wondering if uh, she found a way to like eat. Well, there's a couple of different things I can think of. One is that she may have paid them back by like getting them, bring them lunch or something to work. You know, or, you know, do because I guess what I mean is like if that's a, a regular enough thing to get a little change, you know, from um, whatever, what have you. But yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's I, there are ways I can see that working within the canon that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Or they had just recently been paid and the girls pay a lot of bills and they have uh, more of a more of a stack of cash on them, a, a thicker cash flow at the moment. And, you know, when they hit payday, they'll just pay them back the quarters they've already the fair trade before mentioned. But, okay. <laughs> Just imagine. Imagine owing Lenny and Squiggy money after that. I'm 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 kinda trying not to. Just the because the main thing is that there's there's a few different things. The first is you get pestered constantly. Secondly is they would start to go with the whole like, all right, well all right, if you don't, we'll break your legs. And it's like, well then how are you gonna break your leg how are you gonna break my legs? And they do some complicated, you know, flim flam scheme to uh yeah. to, to try to break break someone's legs and it's it's something convoluted like that uh yeah. that does not work at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the boys usually try to manipulate sex out of the girls or something akin to sex out of the girls and they owe them a favor. So that's the other side of the coin. Yeah, that's that's uh, the other and that's the other possibility. I mean, hey, you know, we've we've seen we've seen how Laverne kisses. So, you know, yes. Yeah. Well, Lenny's pretty happy with the way she kisses. I guess Squiggy we will find out how Squiggy likes her kissing later on next episode. Very next episode. Mm, that's right. There's actually a kiss between the two of them. So, um, uh, speak, speaking of, uh, of men and men's parts, um, I, I also want to just point out this line, um, you know, when there's a catastrophe and he's going to have to go to become a men's room attendant and, uh, well, what could he hurt in a men's room? <laughs> and just the thought of that, I, I'm amazed for multiple reasons that that line is in there. First is yeah. just the, the, the amount of like, you know, they got to buy the sensors. The other thing is, is just, it's yeah. like, um, you, you know what parts are open by urinals? <laughs> I mean, I'm just imagining him like, you know, trying to, it's like, oh no, you got a little splashback. Let me, let me try to get that with a towel. Oh, and he breaks the zipper, God. you know, and then, the, oh. and then the zipper breaks and then that pulls down the leg and then it breaks a hip and then he falls over and then his dick gets smashed oh. on the urinal. <laughs> Laverne Shirley, the X-rated yours. But uh. This show gets so much crap by the radar. Between the stiff sheets and the stiff towels and the stripping and the the references and Lenny having witnesses to losing his virginity and all of this stuff. When you really sit down and think about it, you realize that people on a Tuesday night at 8.30 in the evening were watching the show with their children and it went over everybody's heads. Yep. It's kind of great. It's kind of it. it's kind of beautiful but, in in its own way. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's oh, it's yeah. It's oh, not yeah. quite. It's not quite the Rocco's Modern Life board game of Spank the Monkey, but it's it's getting there. <laughs> Still didn't think I was aware of that one. Shirley's passion for getting Mikey's license in order, and so the Feeny family can have a little bit of pride, is so heartrending. We just wanted one lousy doctor. And One lousy doctor. it makes me wonder if the Feenies have such a bad reputation, like, God, it almost makes makes why Jack is the way he is makes sense. 
Be- yeah, because yeah, good yeah. God, like you can imagine him just never wanting to be anywhere close to land. So he doesn't have to deal with some distant member of the family screwing up and, you know, his success yeah. as much as you could call it success. I mean, he's a successful yeah. asshole. He's successfully yeah, an asshole, well. you know, shitting over everybody. <laughs> but, um, <Yeah. laughs> but it's like, God, wow. And 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 Shirley's, in, yeah. It, I, but yeah, no, Shirley. I mean, her passion for it is incredible. I, and I love the the indignation when she delivers that line. You wanted to go out with your toothless cootie, which um, <laughs> That's great. which um, f- Shirley phrasing, honey, phrasing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Shirley, honey. Uh, yeah, Jack is the way he is for a reason. Later on, we're gonna meet Shirley's brother Bobby. He's gonna be in two episodes. He, too, is in the Navy. He's a sailor boy. So, uh, you gotta wonder if the Feenies just fled to the sea. It's the safest place to go. At this point, in their, in their existence. As a, both a family name and as a gene pool. The safest place to go is the sea. But yeah. So, that probably brings us to the last scene, not the last, but that'd be directly to the last scene. The scene before it, where Laverne finally gets her tooth fixed. Yes. A, a, so much slapstick. So mm-hmm. much slapstick. And it's not quite to the level of being a classic moment the way you treat this guy you wouldn't dare is, but uh, poor Laverne in agony, with no painkiller in her at all, having someone probe at her broken tooth. Ugh. And, ugh. Ugh. Oh, she can take pain, but not that much pain. Yeah. She only comes up with the idea that somebody just jumped out the window and committed suicide. She can get Mikey's attention and get more painkiller into her right. friend. Right. And then, like, and, the, and it's like, I don't ugh. see anyone out there. Oh, he must have gotten off at another floor. <laughs> it's somehow morbid and ridiculous. And this is very much a hallmark of Bob Lou Mandel's writing. Because it's just a little bit of boundary pushing, but also very sitcom friendly. Yeah, and there's certain elements of like the guilt trippiness. This sort of he's very much, I think, into kind of swindler characters that are a bit that are self-serving, but not quite evil. Yeah, he does very well with those. It reminds me of City Slippers. In particular, this reminds me of City yep, Slippers. Which, just, which just for the, uh, the just, reason, just quickly, but just for the folks right. at home, know, in case they didn't watch the other episode, yes, he also wrote Baba Lou Mandel also worked on City yeah. Slickers. Yeah, that's one of the major movies from my childhood. So that's why it popped into my head. And I was just thinking about how they handle Curly, and then have to try to resurrect Curly's spirit, though not his actual character in the sequel. He died mm, first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just the kind of, um, I guess, shit-kicking rogue that they specialize in. That Mandel and, yep. Oh. And his partners specialize in. I have to mention, five-time yeah. loser. Like, like how, yeah. how, like, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I have to give Mikey credit for, uh, yeah. you know, for, for, I guess, his tenacity, his not giving up. But, but holy yeah. cow, man. <laughs> holy cow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Imagine letting this man monkey around in your mouth. I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You wouldn't let it happen. Laverne deserves a medal for letting it happen. Mm-hmm. She is much braver than all of us. 
She's much braver than a Marine by the time the, the entire situation is completed and done and over with. Yep. By the, time, by the time she has her tooth fixed, she deserves a commendation from the governor. Yep. Oh, completely yeah. agreed. And and furthermore, yeah. I also want to mention one other thing regarding Mikey is that as, as rough as this is, and as much as he is a, you know, a dope, I'm also incredibly mad at his his teachers because yes. if this is how bad he's doing in his final exam to become a dentist, some yeah. somebody really dropped the ball yeah. on his training. He must have some awful teachers trying to help him out. Like going all the way back to when he first picked up a pick and a mirror because, God, he's... Five times, and what it comes down to is his nerves. Mm -hmm. So he must have some kind of technical prowess. He just sucks under pressure, which is bad. Which is bad for a doctor, period. Let alone a dentist. Mm -hmm. You should be glad he's not a surgeon. In short, you know what I mean. And and of course, I you know, and that makes me also wonder if another Feeny trait is to have like a bloated sense of uh, self confidence, especially in the face yes. of utter miserable um, failure. Yes. Because you know, Shirley yes. has this tendency to you know believe that she's she's capable of anything, and she has to believe yes. in this ideal, as we'll see much more so in a couple of episodes. Um, to the yes. point that even here, it's like you know, I helped. If we can be a, a pair, Feeny and Feeny, which you even hear a. Uh, an audience member echo it afterwards. <laughs> and then she faints when she sees that needle. You're a nurse, Shirley. What the heck? Mm-hmm. She's, how many needles did she see as a nurse? And then she flops right over into Laverne's lap. It's funny as slapstick, but it makes no sense within the canon of the show. because Right. She's right. seen many a needle in her day. I mean... Um, it, and it, and you can't and I, I understand why they had to make it that immediate because the only other way you can make that work can't canonically is then she's like oh where's that gonna go and then it's like oh it's gonna go into her gums and then she passes out because yeah. yeah. the thought of that is yeah. like non just exactly. it's like it's like oh you just get a little prick on your arm it's like no it's going on this super sensitive part inside of your mouth because 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 that's because believe me I've definitely felt a little lightheaded and dizzy when I've had to have you know had had to have those little anesthetics put in there. Oh, yeah. I mean I think yeah. I think all of us have oh, yeah. a little bit. I was going to say the only time I have ever fainted when around a needle was when I had to give blood samples because my vein was bottoming out and the nurse didn't realize it. I'm like fainting, going, "Oh gee, this is like just in the nick of time." Wolf. Ooh. Oops, sorry. Yeah, you should be sorry. Oh, God. That's the worst. That's the worst. That needles, I understand people's fear of them. Mm -hmm. Surely it doesn't make sense because she's been in a hospital setting a bajillion times. Right. We got a little exterior shot of the girls going into the apartment. I think it's brand new from what I can remember. Mm -hmm. But the dubbing is so obvious. They're so clearly not talking about what they're supposed to be talking about. Yes, I think I have a note on that here. I have to dig. But yeah, there's, I believe this happens again a couple more times before the end of the season as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it definitely does. But I love, you can tell the clear difference between what they're talking about on the street as they're walking in the apartment versus what's dubbed in the soundtrack. It's like almost kung fu movie levels of dissonance going on. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's and hell, and, and hell, the good Shaw Brothers dubs actually put an effort. It's not even like necessarily yes. a generic, you know, dub. We're talking like this is like they picked up yeah. some El Cheapo indie indie kung fu movie from Taiwan, <laughs> which there was a ton of those, which are really good. But then when they dubbed them, yeah. I mean, they really didn't care. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Sometimes all you gotta do is push a product out. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. Just shove out the product. It'll maybe make some money. For somebody somewhere at some point yep which and this in this case it's kind of what they do i mean you know when you stitch stuff together in editing that's a lot, a lot of times that's what happens like well we got an exterior shot here let's just get it done yep yep just patch it over but that gets us into the uh, does that also get us into the the dear diary segment here yes the tag scene yes i was just about to mention that i love Shirley bringing up the luck of the irish Period. I love, love, love the A. Apparently, Karma and Shirley are so back together that he has taken her off to Inspiration Point, the famous makeout locale of Milwaukee. And B, now Shirley is writing her diary in code. So the bird can't read the good stuff. All this is great. I adore I that. that. I, my note is, Shirley, you dork, I love you. <laughs> First be L46 bingo. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I love, I love that. Yep. <laughs> also, question. Have we seen those slippers on Shirley before? Because those are super cute. I love her pink robe and the pink slippers. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Those have been part of her wardrobe since roughly, I want to say, season two. Uh, Laverne has green ones, unless I have completely lost my mind. She should have green ones. And I think we do see them later. Hmm. But definitely in season four. Definitely in season In any four. case, it just it was it was very cute. And then the wardrobe changes up when we hit we hit California. Right, right. Yes. Because you know, change. Change is the thing that needs to happen because our show has been going on so yeah. long and it's doing super well, but we need to change things because change. Yeah. Change. Well what happened is they pulled the show out of its time slot and tried to start a new night with it, and it started to kill the ratings. And they moved it around, moved it around, and the ratings plummeted. Ah. And that's what resulted in the locale change. Ah, gotcha. That's what, that's what happened. I will go in depth into that in season five and more in season six once we get there. Cool. But for the next two seasons, it's smooth sailing. Everything is copacetic. Number one show in the country. Gotcha. Excellent. I love that Laverne, who probably experiences more smut than Shirley in her life, is looking into Shirley's diary for a thrill. There's something well, sweet about that. Because Shirley's scene is so staid. I think that's exactly. I was going to say that's exactly. Yeah. I, I think it is so cute because of, and the reason why she does it is because it's like, I think it's like the same attraction. I mean, God, we already, I think, are going to have this at an explicit episode. I should probably feel free to say this. It's like a naughty nun. Because it's like, I respect the idea that if a nun... <laughs> You know, has a naughty side and she has her, you know, her yeah. uh, her reading materials or what have you. Yes. Um, you know, that's fine. Everyone has needs and urges. And that's a, it's a way of sort of bringing things to a relatable level. It's a way of, I think, Laverne saying that Shirley is just a girl that has her own impulses and needs and yeah. feelings just like anybody else. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, you know, Shirley definitely wants details. I would not doubt that as much as she complains. Yeah. There have been many evenings that uh, Laverne has dished out all the smutty details and Shirley has hung on every word. I love Laverne wanting even more information, though. Have I done that? Does it feel good? (laughs) 
I love that. It doesn't feel good. It's that that's yeah. the, that's the best part. Oh man. Uh, I love whenever Shirley gets to shed that image the show tends to flanderize her into into dawning and into owning in which she is completely desexualized and is frigid and people are jerked to her about her unquote unquote frigidity. And by the time we get to like season six, season seven, it gets ridiculous. We'll get there eventually. Oh man, that's that's sad. <sighs> there's some funny lines about it, and then there's some crap storylines revolving around that idea. Yeah, if it yeah. figures the fig- figures the episode with an oral fixation is the one that we get to talk about the smutty <laughs> details a bit. <laughs> hey, show's fault. Show wrote that taxi. <laughs> Not mine. Our new Babalu Mandel and your unique name. Are you? Uh, so, in that case, um, I guess is is there any other things to comment? Because I'm kind of out of notes here. Um, My only note that I wanted to mention that I haven't completely gone to depth about is that Lenny starts pratfalling more and more this season. You notice it more in this particular episode as his every entrance seems to involve him falling over something like he's Dick Van Dyke. Mm, and mm-hmm. I, kind, I kind of find it endearing in a way, but also I find it amusing that this sort of becomes... His uh, one of his character traits. He is so clumsy. He is always tripping. He's falling off. Always falling off of stuff. Always tripping over the stairs. Always tripping up the stairs. Falls off the roof repeatedly. Gets hit by cars. Gets hit by buses. That's just who he is. But that's where that's where this starts to become very noticeable in this episode, at least for me. There's, there's a couple of people I know who are incredibly accident prone. I'm now wondering if they're distantly related to the Kosnowski clan. <laughs> are there any hogs in their kitchens? Eh, in one case, most possibly. Hey, there you go. There you go. Oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah, I think we're probably to. We have probably arrived at the grading stage. Yeah. What, what, what do you. What, what do you. Do you, you this one? No, I, 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 I say okay. ladies first. What do you think? Oh, well, how kind of you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm giving this one around a about five. Uh, classic bit. Classic comedy bit originates from this episode. The tag scene is adorable. Uh, the conflict is really nicely done. I enjoy Mikey to a degree, and all the bits of the boys work. Uh, look for a version of the episode with the personality opening intact. It is worth every single cent to see Betty Garrett wailing her heart out. <laughs> well, Carl, well, Eddie Mech is trying to get that microphone back for He's going to get that spotlight back. To save himself and his career, he is going to grab that microphone and stop this woman from singing, and it is hilarious. It's terrific. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, was, this is lower. sadly the version oh, sorry, I saw didn't have that. Yeah, I was just saying the version I yeah. had didn't didn't have that. Sadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not on DVD version at all, at all, at all, and it sucks. Uh, this is lower on the scale for me simply because of the staging and the pacing, which feel off to me. 
It uh, feels almost like there is a sense uh, that the, th the thought line of getting from A to B is missing something. I feel like mid-episode, something got excised. I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's maybe a little bland as well. Maybe it, just a tiny bit bland. But there's some memorable bits in here, and it's worth a watch. Yeah. That pretty much sums up my similar feelings. It's a five is the same number I would probably give it. It's it kind of squeaks by in that range, you know, to a five, to a five, maybe a five and a half. If I'm looking past some of the things, I really didn't like how manipulative Shirley was this time around. It, and it's it, it's it's a quirk of Babalu's um, writer writing the way he writes his characters, especially the way he writes his very yeah. intensive, aggressive characters. Yeah. You know, having just watched Vibes, I'm thinking of Peter Falk, you know, uh, yeah. in that. And then even yeah. um, his other yes. films like uh, Multiplicity uh, has the, the one of the multi, one of the um, alternates are a little I think two is the more aggressive one. Yes. I think it's two is the aggressive one and three is the smart one. And um, yes. and then et cetera. And so the. It doesn't work for Shirley for me, and it yeah. and it becomes a trait that unfortunately sort of sticks for a few episodes coming up as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. and and so it just kind of like eh, I it 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 weakens it for me. So I think you know that's that's the only thing I can add on to it is that there were there are aspects like that as well that that bothered me as well as the stuff you mentioned before. I mean yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. There's a something goes wrong with the timeline. Like something feels yeah. either missing or just, it doesn't segue from one segment to the other very well. And it it's, it's sort of like, yeah, it's almost like the brainstorming was almost half done or that they had this pile of ideas and the ones that got excised yeah. to get everything into 20 minutes or 25 minutes, some of the wrong stuff was kept. It feels like. Yeah. 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 I wonder how much of that has to do with the janky DVD edit that we both watched and which exists for public consumption now. True. Uh, because I think something might have happened along the way in junking that edit together that just makes everything feel ill. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. But what does work in the episode really works. So it's one of those mid-range episodes of very, very, very well-regarded classic scene, comedy-wise. Mm -hmm. Just, I guess, just our our standards are a little higher. Yeah, we're yeah, we're picky. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 picky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're critics. That's our job. That's our job. Oh no, that's what I've become, be haven't picky. I? I have become the critic. I have become the thing that at age eleven I never wanted to be. You can be a creator and a critic. I know. That's my belief. I know. I know. That's what I think. <sighs> Anywho, um, I guess does that uh, does that cover it then? think it does all right um cool well thanks everybody for joining us again for night after night and if you would like to know more please join us at night after night pc on twitter or find us at night after night pod on facebook tumblr wordpress as well as on youtube and um yeah if you would like to reach out to us directly for any comments or questions or su suggestions for other types of special episodes you can reach us at night after night pod at gmail.com and um I think that kind of covers most of the social type stuff. Um, what do we, what do I, I feel like I have an appointment. I got to get somewhere. Um, do, do, do you know what the way the direction is to the next episode? What's happening in the next episode, Lisa? <laughs> Laverne surely go to Oshkosh and all they get is a lousy bum. This is bus stop. Hey, right on. And we have a story about who that lousy bum is pretty soon. Yes. Yes, we do.
All right. Excellent. Well, thanks again, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for watching. And if you have a hickey, don't parade it around. Take Shirley Feeney's advice. Yep. I know. I mean, honestly, if if uh, if I had me a hickey, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> hey, some people are into that. LeBron the Exhibitionist is definitely into that. We have established in the show's canon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye now.